There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. On this day, one year ago, the Washington football team announced it was officially changing its name. To mark the anniversary, we're looking back at interviews with several key figures in the weeks leading up to that decision, serving as a time capsule of a social breaking point in sports history. We start with ESPN personality Kevin Blackestone, who said the name change was long overdue. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Kevin Blackestone is co-directing the new documentary, Imagining the Indian. Um, you're co-directing it with Aviva Kempner, who you know everyone knows from you know the Hank Greenberg documentary, and you know she's made right. films for years. Um, you're co-directing it with her, and isn't there two other co-directors too? Yeah, we got uh, Ben West as a co-director, who is um, the son of uh, W. Richard West, who's one of the founders of the uh, uh, the American Indian Museum here in D.C. and now runs the uh, Archer Museum of the West. Um, out on the West Coast, and also Sam Bardley, who's a uh, also a DC native like Ben and and me, um, and uh, Sam uh, his claim to fame working in uh, documentary film uh, in the DC area would be the Lynn Bias 30 for 30 doc that I'm sure most people are familiar with uh, via ESPN. Absolutely. And uh, let's kick it off. You know, why was this sort of the right time for this documentary? It seems like, you know, you know, the death of George Floyd erupted into a, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, right. We had we had um, Commissioner Goodell, you know, pretty much do a 180 on the Colin Kaepernick situation. You had Dan Snyder take down the George Preston Marshall thing. They retired right. Bobby Mitchell's number. I mean, it feels like a little bit of a, a wave. Well, I started I started working on this back in 20. 20- 2014, when um, it looked like uh, the nickname um, was at a precipice uh, due to another trademark ruling um, against the franchise. Uh, and then there was a case that went up to the Supreme Court involving the, um, the rock group, the Slants, and uh, that kind of stopped some of the momentum. Uh, but I still knew the momentum was there, and I continued to 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 work on this this project. And Aviva became interested, and she said that she wanted to um, uh, to work on it as soon as her documentary on Mo Berg was was finished. And that's been done uh, a little over a year ago, I guess. And uh, we've been uh, plowing uh, full steam ahead, um, basically to document uh, the momentum in this movement. Um, and to explain why it is so important. Um, of course, no one could foresee what would happen in the past six weeks or so um, in the in the wake of, of George Floyd's uh, murder uh, to see the, the uprising of the Black Lives Matters movement um, in a way that really connects to uh, 
what this film um, is all about. Um, you know, if, if you talk about systemic racism uh, in America, you really have to start with the arrival of the Europeans um, in the 15th century uh, on these shores and the quick and systematic uh, genocide committed against uh, Native American people. And so you, you see that coming together in the past few weeks with people attacking um, uh, images of the Confederacy um, as well as images of Christopher Columbus, um, which obviously links back to uh, to the 15th century uh, when he arrived on these on these shores in 1492, and shortly thereafter, um, Native Americans found themselves under attack. Yeah, you've seen. I mean, you've even seen NASCAR ban the Confederate flag. You've seen country music artists change their names. It's been a a, a wild few weeks here. Um, do you have a personal journey with this? I mean, you know, I remember going back mm-hmm. to RFK Stadium with my grandfather, watching those back in like the early '90s when they were doing their final Super Bowl run. But didn't you? You said you first started noticing the protests when you're covering in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Yeah, well, I have a long connection. I mean, I'm a Washingtonian. I grew up in a family that um, had season tickets. My father grew up in. Leedroy Park in the shadow of Griffith Stadium, um, and uh, he was a season ticket holder with his friends back in the uh, 1950s. And uh, at the end of the, by the time the, the 50s were coming to an end, um, and George Preston Marshall, the the, um, the the founder of the franchise and the owner of the team at that time. Um, uh, was refusing to integrate his team, and they were the last all-white team um, uh, in the NFL, and also the southernmost team, which had a lot to do with why George Fisher Marshall did what he did. And so my my father and a, and a handful of friends, a handful of his, his, his black buddies, um, they started boycotting the games and going to watch NFL games in um, Baltimore uh, until the team um, integrated. And, of course, the team finally integrated in 1962 under threat of bayonet from the, uh, uh, from the federal government by bringing Bobby Mitchell here. Um, but the team was still um, not free of its um, – uh, of its uh, Confederate uh, embrace, and they used to play the the song Dixie um, all the time to start home games. My father complained uh, to the franchise about that via a letter to Edward Bennett Williams, who at the time was the uh, acting president of the team, because uh, George Preston Marshall had um, uh, um, had become incapacitated with uh, with age. And uh, Edward Bennett Williams uh, agreed with my father and and um, said that they would no longer play Dixie. Um, so I have a long connection with this team, but I never thought about that and the nickname of the team until 1992 when I was at the Super Bowl and I actually witnessed a um, protest um, outside the uh, um, outside of the Metrodome in Minneapolis before um, the Washington Buffalo Super Bowl. And uh, that was the first time I ever thought about it. And years later, I thought about it more and more, um, particularly after I wrote a column about um, an NAACP uh, protest in Midland, Texas, against the the name Midland Lee um, High School that a lot of black kids were playing for. And, uh, you know, it was named after Robert E. Lee. They wore the uh, Confederate gray kind of uniforms. They drenched themselves in other Confederate imagery, you know, with a mascot named uh, Reb, I believe, and all that kind of thing. And that's when I, I began to think. I said, well, if I am 
upset as the progeny of enslaved Africans with this imagery that these black kids are playing for uh, in admittedly high school. Now I understand what it was I saw on a street corner in Minneapolis in 1992. And I began to make the connection, and, and, and that's when I really started to think about, you know what, this, this name needs to go. Um, and I stopped using it. Uh, I've, I've almost successfully stopped saying it, um, even though I grew up with it. It was like oxygen around here, as you know. Um, and I've been working on this documentary since, you know, since 2014, uh, trying to tell the tale of why this is so important. Now, does the does the documentary argue for the you know getting rid of you know names like Braves, Chiefs, Seminoles, Cleveland Indians, Chief Wahoo? We saw they get rid of that, right? Or or is it more so because there's the name you know Red and Skin literally in the title? No, we're 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 advocating for the erasure of all of those um, all of those names, all of those nicknames, all of those mascots, all of that imagery. Um, but it just happens to be. That you know we're right here in the nation's capital. Um, I have a, a tie to this team. Uh, ben has a tie to this team. Sam has a tie to this team. Um, this is one of the most um, uh, um, profitable um, sports franchises on the planet. Um, in the you know the biggest sports um, uh, uh, business in this country. Uh, you know the uh, uh, the NFL is worth. Anywhere between 15 and 19 billion dollars. Um, this is the this is the big domino. This is the big domino. So while we do talk about other teams and other nicknames, um, this this is the, the the crown jewel of um, kind of racist symbolism by using Native Americans in sports. You mentioned all your local ties. You know full well, just as I do, that it's not simply a matter of changing the team name. I feel like a lot of proponents of keeping the name or, or maybe just longtime fans who are so ingrained, one of the big hurdles is not only is it the name, it's the fight song. Sure. You had but but the fight song has changed. That's what people have to remember. Dixie was a part of uh, – of um, game day Sundays at RFK DC Stadium, right? They removed that. Um, they used to have cheerleaders dressed like um, like uh, uh, Indian girls. They got rid of that. Um, the fight song used to say um, "Fight for Old Dixie," D I X I E, right? Which is Confederate imagery. They changed that to "Fight for." old D.C. So change can be made, and those changes have been made over the years, and those changes that have been made over the years have been to be inclusive of fans, to be inclusive of players and coaches and executives associated with the team. And in, and there is no evidence um, here locally or nationally when teams have change those sorts of nicknames where fan the fan base has turned away they embrace the new name right they embrace their new identity and you feel better about it yeah so you're saying the fight song has already been changed once you could even if you really want to keep the melody and change the lyrics or whatever you're saying there is precedent there absolutely um, 
And then there's also, I mean, I think he just passed away, but we remember, you know, Chief Z, the guy that would dress up and say, crank up that diesel. Uh, you know, right. there's, there's almost like a Western mythology of we're going to watch the Cowboys and Indians on Thanksgiving. You know, there's a lot to sort of unpack, but, um, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, I guess what would you say to people that have those positive memories of Joe Gibbs and the Hogs and, you know what I mean? Like, and sure. they, they can hear the fight song in well, their head. You know? what, this is just about doing doing the right thing. Right. And this is about not hurting a people, continue, uh, continuing to hurt um, a people. Um, and, and sometimes we just have to step up and do that. And I think that's what you're seeing um, right now uh, with the Black Lives Matter protests against Confederate uh, monuments and against the Confederate flag. Um, it's really about doing uh, doing the right thing. And, you know, particularly in a city that <clears throat> I grew up in um, where, you know, our reputation became known, uh, became known under the moniker of Chocolate City because of a predominantly black city um, uh, run by a predominantly black uh, governing body. Um, you know, we should be, black people in this city, black people who are fans of this team, should be sensitive to this issue, just as Dan Snyder, uh, who is Jewish, should be sensitive um, to this issue. You know, we, we as black people get, um, uh, get upset sometimes when people, when we see that people are appropriating our culture or for some other reason. Uh, well, if we're a fan of this team and we wear this nickname and we wear these feathers, um, we are appropriating uh, the culture of someone else um, for our selfish desires. And that's something that we need to reckon with as well. How do you convince people that, you know, that they're not throwing away their great memories of watching Joe Gibbs with their dad? It's just evolving. They keep those memories of the team, you know, the fun times, but we're moving right. to a new era, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that's, you know, we're, we're in a new um, – we're in a new century now. We're in the 21st century. Um, things have have changed um, uh, significantly. Um, we're in 2020, a period of um, of cleansing, a lot of, of a lot of these um, sins. Um, we should be, uh, you know, we should embrace that. And as part of embracing that, we should embrace um, some change with this particular team that we've come to love for whatever reasons um, uh, over the years. Um, I think that that's a, uh, you know, I think that's a, a good thing. We should basically catch up with the times. We should get on the right side um, of history. Because I tell you what, sooner or later, um, sooner more than later, uh, you wind up being the lone blemish when it comes to the sports world. Um, right. If if NASCAR can shed itself of the Confederate flag, if if the state of Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, um, <laughs> which we always come to think of as being, you know, this last bastion, this bulwark of white supremacy in this country, can move to remove the Confederate flag finally from its state flag. Right, the last state flag to have that imagery on it. And then yet this team in this city, an international city, the the seat of the nation's capital, 
can continue to have this as an image, that's problematic. That's not a good look. Yeah, you're right. Mississippi was the the last one, and I mean South Carolina. I remember after the the horrific Charleston shooting, I think remember they took the flag down from the state capitol. Um, but yeah, Mississippi now now finally quote doing the right thing now too. So yeah, you're, you're right. It, 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 is the team going to be the last the last thing? Um, well, so how does the documentary address? Because you know what the team's going to say, right? Is that they're going to quote the the 2004 Annenberg poll, the Washington Post poll sure. in 2012 that said 90% aren't, aren't offended. Um, how does the documentary address that? Do you guys cite other polls or, you know, I feel like you have to address those polls in the movie. Sure. You can, you can address the polls. Um, you know, one, you know, on the, on the one hand, I would say that polling for morality um, is, is not a great thing to do. Right. Um, on the other hand, I could say that for, if you're into polls, like for every poll that you can find where um, it leaned one way, you can find it done by some other people and it and it leaned another way. Um, so those can be, you know, those can be addressed and people's uh, feelings, their sensibilities um, change over time. Uh, you know, we, we know that by looking at legislation that, that works its way through Congress, um, laws that get changed from time to time, um, decisions that are made by the Supreme Court. Um, so uh, there's, there's no question that, that people's, uh, people's thoughts and ideas um, uh, change about things. I mean, they're changing right now about Confederate monuments. Um, so they, they definitely change. So I'm not... Um, uh, you know, we we will certainly address um, the polling issue because that there's no doubt that, in particular, the Washington Post poll um, of a few years ago uh, took a lot of wind out of people's sails. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, the polls actually the polls are not tracking the momentum. Um, despite the polls, more and more schools each and every year remove this imagery and remove such nicknames um, from their teams. It's just, it's just a, a, a matter of fact. And so if, you know, this, this particular team um, is the last one, it seems to have its heels really dug in for whatever reasons. Do you have any idea of which tribes are interviewed in the documentary? You know, like who 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 are some of the voices that are you know advocating for the name change in the movie itself? Well, Yocha Dehi um, is um, executive producer of our film. They gave us a um, they gave us a, uh, a very generous uh, C grant um, in our in our fundraising, and so uh, we have talked to. Um, uh, a number of people from that particular tribe, um, but Ben West, who was the co- co-director and went to Sidwell Fins and grew up here in D.C., he's Cheyenne. His father is um, Southern Cheyenne, um, uh, Suzanne Harjo, uh, who is um, a civil rights icon um, who has fought this fight um, since she arrived in D.C. in the 19, early 1970s. Um, uh, you know, she represents, or not represents, but she's a, a member of, of several tribes. So, uh, you know, there are any number of people who we've talked to who are from uh, one tribe um, or another uh, who have been and continue to be very concerned about this issue. 
For sure. Do you have ideas of what the team might change the name to? I mean, we've seen the the you know bullets change to Wizards. The right. the Senators left and came back as the Nets. So we have some history in the city of different different names. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, the conventional wisdom was, oh, Dan Snyder's trying to buy the trademark for Warriors. But you're, you're saying that that doesn't even that doesn't go far enough because it's still the you know the the image of the name. Sure. Do you have any yeah, ideas not, of what it would go to? I mean, we're, my concern isn't what it would go to. My concern is what it won't be, right? right. So, you know, you, you can <laughs> pick all sorts of names, but just don't pick a people. Um, don't, don't dehumanize um, a people into mascots. Um, don't misappropriate uh, their culture. Um, don't don't, perp- don't uh, um, continue um, to... Uh, misrepresent them in history, um, uh, or or what they will be in the future. Um, so I'm I really don't I really don't have a thought about what the name can be in the future. Um, I just I just have a thought about what it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be this. Joe Bugle just passed away, the engineer right. of the Hogs. You know, you had the fans wearing the hog noses. You could sure. call them the you could call them the pigskins. Double meaning, football <laughs> and the hogs. <laughs> yeah, you, you could come up with something. I guess, uh, yeah, that would be that would be better than anything else. I'm sure they can. You know, uh, you know, uh, that's something else though that the city could wrap itself around. You know, uh, you could have a poll like um, a Poland supposedly had uh, to find a new name for the, um, you know, for the bullets. Um, uh, you know, get get the uh, get the entire community involved, and in it. it could be something fun. Um, but it just doesn't have to be this. I know the documentary. You, you know, you're, you're not even done with it yet because you're going to try right. to, you know, film throughout the fall if there's protests or any developments or, or the like. But um, what do you see happening? Do you do you think this is something that is going to come, you know, from Dan Snyder himself, or do you think it's going to be, you know, a, a Roger Goodell coming down from on high, similar to the Kaepernick, sure. you know, 180? Do you think the league's going to pressure? Where do you see it going? Um, well, what we know of Dan Snyder so far, and um, I've had only a very, very brief conversation with him um, about this um, when he came to the University of Maryland as part of the symposium. Um, you know, he has been steadfast. He's made it very clear that, um, you know, he won't make this change. I mean, he sounded like um, George Wallace in the schoolhouse door, you know, never. You going to put it in caps. Um uh, so I'm not expecting him to do this on his on his own. Um, so where could it come from? It could come from uh, the other 31 owners who find this to be onerous at this point and no one no longer want to be a part of it. Um, and they can make that very clear to you know Roger Goodell, um, who was pushed into a corner in order to say Black Lives Matter and to say that. Um, the league uh, erred in its um, treatment of black players who protested police lethality um, uh, with the uh, national anthem as a backdrop. Um, or it could come from, from players. You know, we, we like to celebrate. We're in, a, we're in a period right now of celebrating uh, athletes, particularly black athletes, for being um, uh, politically active, politically aware, and 
wanting to make change and being involved in social justice. Um, and I don't want to put the onus on them, but they do make up um, over two-thirds of the rosters in this in this league. And I would think that if tomorrow they came out and said, uh, we're not going to play anymore in this league, or certainly for that team, as long as it has that name, uh, the change would come come forth pretty quickly. Um, so those are the those are the places where you know I, I could see it coming from. You know the fan base. Um, you know they can always vote by by not buying season tickets, and they slowly but surely not be doing that. They already are, man. That place <laughs> in the last few years, right? Right, but for but, so but for totally different reasons, right? Right. That's um, the product on the field. They're being exactly. terrible for three decades, but exactly. So um, I, I see it coming from you know the pressure is going to have to come from. Uh, from the outside, I, I don't think it's going to come from within. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. You know, as we both said, we both we rooted for the team long ago, and, and you've covered yep. the team for a long time. And uh, I'm sure you, like me, have family, friends. It's a really touchy issue. So I, I thank you guys for taking it on. And um, again, it's called Imagining the Indian. Thanks for all, all your work. No problem. Thank you. I next spoke with NFL MVP Mark Mosley, who mourned the end of an era for the Burgundy and Gold. Glad to be here. Where are you calling us from? Where where you live these days? I live out in the Shenandoah Valley. Actually, I just pulled up at my, my farm getting ready to unload my trailer. Speaking of trailers, the reason we're calling is there's a documentary called Imagining the Indian, um, arguing, you know, that they should change the team name. So I wanted to get someone from the team on, and uh, I know you've been an ambassador for the team on the subject. We think we should be able to keep the name because we've always honored that name with great tradition as uh, of alumni. I'm the president of our alumni, so I'm very familiar with all the guys that have played in the past 50 years, probably 60 years. And these guys have always taken great pride in being Washington Redskins. That name has always meant a lot of, uh, of pride, a lot of hard work, because everybody, we, we knew that that name represented something great. And so we've always we've always honored that. And I think, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, I've traveled all over uh, for the team, uh, meeting with the different heads of the councils around the country. And I can't tell you, I, I can't even remember how many of these councils we met with, but a lot of them. And we've talked with a lot of individuals. I grew up with the Alabama Cachata Indians down in Texas, and, and uh, some of them are my best. And so I've been aware of, of the plight of the Native Americans for years and years, uh, and I think that's what needs to be addressed more than more than this. This uh, the name change is not going to change the way they're treated. What we need to do is we need to be doing more for them. So um, you know that's where I come from. Gotcha. Do you have any um, more details on um, the the different tribes that you you met with? Because I know you and I think Gary Clark and some others have you know done trips for the team on, on their team's behalf. Um, do, do you do you know any of the specific names of the reservations? Well, we've we've met with so many of them. We met with the uh, with the Navajo reservation several several years. We've done. Uh, I think there's probably a list there that can be a lot better than than I can because it's been a while since we did all this. Uh, but we did, uh, we've done football camps at the different, um, reservations around the country all the way up to Montana. I mean, we were almost in Canada for some of them, but we did these for their high schools and some of the local reservations as myself and, and Gary Clark and uh, Ricky Irwin and some other guys that did this with. And, uh, we've, we spent two summers doing that and then we haven't the last two summers. Uh, for some reason, we, we haven't done any in the last couple of years, but we're, 
I think they want to. They're planning on doing more of them. But we've been able to visit and to get around and, and be a part of so many of them, and, and we've never had anything negative said to us. As a matter of fact, it's just been the opposite. One of the big arguments the team makes, they'll point to those uh, the, the polling. Um, I know there was a 2004 Annenberg poll, and then I think in 2012 the Washington Post did another poll where um, I think both of them found that, at least according to who they interviewed, um, that 90% of Native Americans were not offended. Um, now, I know the filmmakers, yep. they say there's they say there's other, the filmmakers say there's other polls, you know, that dispute that, or we know Oneida Nation, that you know, we know there's, there's some tribes that do say that they say they think it's offensive. But do um, you want to speak to the polls for, for a second? I mean, um, well, you know, to be honest with you, I've, I've not even paid attention to, to a lot of these polls. I, I mean, I don't even know where they come from or who they've talk to i just know what i what myself and other former redskins who uh, we all took our own time we weren't paid for any of this uh, mr snyder wanted to know if we were truly disrespecting anybody and uh, uh from these native american reservations and and it was just uh it was him that sent us out uh he put the bill for it and uh it you know we gave our time but we wanted to make sure and we came back with the conclusion, the same conclusion that the Washington Post had, which, you know, it was just, I think it's only been two years ago that they did their poll. And that was a, uh, that came back very positive for the name. They even apologized to us in a, in a kind of a backwards way for, for being such, uh, hard critics. By the way, that was, that was an unsolicited, I guess, representation too. I mean, they were very against the name until they did that survey. And then, and so it was, they spent a lot of money and time to make sure that was a legitimate survey that they did. And I, I think anybody questioning that would have to, uh, they would have to have some, a lot of proof in order to prove differently. So if that's the team's, um, you know, I know Dan says he will never change it. Um, if somehow, let's say another poll came out five, ten years from now that said that 90% were offended, is that something that the team would, would think about, you think? You know, if the polling did go in the other direction? Why? You know, that's, that's not for me to decide. That is the organization itself and that's Dan Snyder who owns the team it's his money uh, that he paid to, to buy the team and he's the the head man there he's that that's a decision that he would have to make I think for the players I think every one of there's I don't know of too many players that would uh, would object um, to either way I think most of them would rather keep the name because we feel honored that we had a chance to play under that banner and uh, it would hurt for us to, to lose that because of the pride we took in it and the hard work and dedication that we gave to it. Uh, and I think the, uh, uh, to change that name would be a, a, be a hard one for us. But I'm sure if, if we positively knew that this name was really hurting people and, and being disrespectful to people, we would very much consider doing something about it. And I'm sure Dan would consider that too. But I just don't, uh, from what I have seen personally, I can only speak for me personally, from what I personally have seen, and have experienced, and by going and meeting and talking with hundreds of, of Native Americans, I've not had a, a negative uh, word said at all, period. It's so much more than, than just the name. You know, I, I grew up going to the Super Bowl years, at, you know, at, at RFK with my grandfather. Do you think it's harder than it? It's not just the name. It's, um, you know, you, you have the fight song. You had Chief Z saying crank up that diesel for so many years. It's the whole mythology of cowboys and Indians on Thanksgiving, you know, the American myth. I think it is. I get uh, letters every day. I get three or four letters asking if I can, if I'll sign their 
their uh, cards that they've sent to me. And every one of them, their letters are talking about the name, uh, you know, how much pride they've taken. And I just think there's a lot more to it. Um, I was just talking what to um, my daughter in the high school that they went to in Manassas, Virginia. It's called Stonewall Jackson High School. They're going to change the name because of all this stuff that's going on right now. It's going to cost that high school over a million dollars, over a million dollars just to change the name of Stonewall Jackson High School and everything that's related to that. So, and that's just to start with. And, 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 and I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's the money that would keep us from, from doing it, but it, I think that has to, to be part of the equation. Uh, you know, us alumni, it's like we'd just be wiped out. You know, we're no longer, that have been a part of whatever this new name is. We're not, you know, we're not a part of it. Yeah, and I guess the other side would argue that, you know, Native Americans themselves were wiped out. So that's, that's tricky. Uh, but well, you know, would you? We can't go back and, unfortunately, we can't go back and undo history. You know, that's what people are forgetting here. All we can do is look forward and try to make things better. And, uh, you know, if, if we came up with the conclusion that changing our name was for the better of it for everyone, not just a few, but for everyone, then, you know, I think there would be some consideration made there. But uh, that's, you know, that's way out there. There was that story I read. I think I just read it yesterday that, like, some sponsors, uh, what was it, FedEx, who sponsors even it's FedEx Field, they sponsor the stadium. I think FedEx, Nike, Pepsi um, were under pressure from investors to, to change it. The story just came out, like, yesterday, I think. Um, yeah, I saw think, that. I, I saw yeah, that. Yeah. Any reaction to that, or could that force any hands, or is it ultimately, you think, up, well, up to the league or the team? You know, Money talks, and unfortunately, uh, the First Amendment has been uh, being criticized because the way it's being used, people now have found a way to get to anybody that they disagree with by accusing them of doing something, and then they try to hurt them with it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure if, if all these people all of a sudden decided, you know, they were going to pull everything that they had spent with the Redskins, because that's how the Redskins survive, that's how all the teams survive, that it would affect them. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scary road to be going down, doing that and using that as a, as a weapon, because, um, you know, we're, we're starting to tread on the First Amendment. You know, we feel like we can't say what we really feel or think because of what somebody's going to do to us or our family or our business or whatever it is that we're part of. And uh, I just think that's, I think that's wrong, and it's very un-American. I've heard local members of, you know, sports media um, make the case that language evolves over the years. And, you know, if, if someone says, hey, Three Skins just came into the bar, I think people are going to say, oh, is it Daryl Green and Brian Mitchell and Art Monk? Especially around Washington here, if, some, if that happened, they're going to think of a football player. You know, I go to Texas, and, and the, you know, like I said, when I go my 16 miles away from the, the uh, Alabama Cushada Reservation there, and I run into people all the time, but they don't. When I come in somewhere and they say, oh, there's a redskin in here, they don't think of the, of the Native Americans. They, they're they thinking of Mark Mosley. You know, I'm the only former Washington redskin from my home, and I'm the only one that's ever played professional football, and they think of me. Not to mention the only special team player to ever win the MVP, sir. So don't, <laughs> don't sell yourself short. Your record-breaking kick that they show all the time on, on TV. Yeah, I even, I even made uh, Alex Trebek's uh, Jeopardy. Times. You know, I, I carry the same thing as Daryl Green and Art Monk and those guys. They're great football players and, and uh, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, that's for sure. And they're great Redskins. And that, you, you know, if you take that, you change the name, you take that away from them. 
All right. Well, what, I think the only final other little component is, uh, you know, citywide and getting trying to. God, I would love to see the 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 stadium move back to the RFK site. I mean, to me, it seems like it would bring it back to DC. That's that's where all the winning Super Bowl years happened. It just seems right. But I know the city, I think, has has said that they, you know, they wouldn't allow the team to come back to that site unless the name was changed. I mean, do you think that that's is that a you know a, a gamble the team might make? You know, do you think there'll ever come a point where they say, you know, we'd rather have that stadium site back? And all right, well, let's call it something else. Well, I, th- I think all of us would love to see that, but you know, once again, it comes to dollars and cents. You know, what makes sense and what's not. Um, uh, I think being back where RFK was would be a phenomenal thing. Uh, you're right about the history there. There's great history at uh, where RFK sits. And uh, but there's also great history in the Washington Redskins, not the Washington Bulldogs or the Washington Cats or whatever they want to call it. You know, it's we've been called the Washington Redskins for a long, long time, and we've represented it well. You know, it's been around a long time, storied history. Um, to devil's advocate a little bit, you know, the the bullets changed to the Wizards and the the Senator became the Nats. So I guess it has happened before. If somehow it did happen and it would be a massive change brand loyalty finances all, all the like but you know hypothetically if it did change do you have anything that you would be okay with you know as an alumni a legend of the team is there a you know another name that you could ever get on board with to be honest with you i've never even thought about it uh, because i i've always felt like it was so far away that uh, there wasn't even a need to think about it and i don't i don't have anything in, um, off the tip of my tongue that i would would think uh, would be appropriate because uh, I know I know what I gave and what I did and how much pride I took playing in all those games that I played in and 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 every game giving every ounce of energy and blood sweat and tears that I had to to do the best and be the best. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to take that away, and, and but yet, you know, things change. Yeah, and in my, for sure, the, the climate out there feels different than even like a month ago. It's things have changed drastically. Oh yeah, um, it is, and uh, it changes daily, actually. Yeah, and who am I? I'm just some measly <laughs> entertainment reporter. But what's sort of a hopeful note that you could say that you know, even if it does change the name, that you know, it it wouldn't take away from the good memories that you had with your grandfather and father watching the team and going to RFK and the Super, all that. What's sort of a hopeful thing you can say about? all the good memories you know you had regardless of how this plays out the memories will be there right well however it turns out i'm always going to be proud of the era that i played in the games that i played the players that i played with the coaches that i played under we just lost joe bugle we've lost ted marshabrota we you know we lost um several other coaches over the last few years and it's been really sad uh that's a big part of our history and i just I just hope that uh, my hope is that, that all these great players and great coaches and uh, the great fans that we've had all these years are not forgotten when they change the name, if they change it. Right, right. All right, cool. Well, you've been more than generous with your time, and I'm really trying to be fair here in, in these interviews. No, so. I, yeah, no, I appreciate I, I can tell that you're you're trying to be in the middle and not, not be. Uh, but, you know, anybody that's ever been a fan, it's going to be hard for them to swallow uh, changing the name. And, I, I, it, it, and it's going to be hard for those fans to uh, make their allegiance to another name. But um, I'm sure they will. And as I said earlier, things change over time, and in time, things will change, and people will get used to it. All right. Well, thanks for calling, and uh, thanks for all those clutch kicks over the years, sir. No, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Mark Mosley, everybody.
Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.